The following is a rebroadcast of Straight Talk About Money. The market data in this rebroadcast is not current and should not be used for any financial decisions. We were talking just before uh, this segment uh, about retirement and about how things change, about how uh, baby boomers are going to be faced with some difficulties in trying to find some uh, the income that they need. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned to you I was in Austin, Texas, uh, listening to a tremendous speaker. His name is Mitch Anthony. He's president of Advisor Insights, and he has a book out. This is actually the fourth printing, I believe, of the book. It's entitled The New Retirement Mentality. And so we asked Mitch to come on. He's kind enough to come on and talk to us about some of the changes that are in 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 store for those of you that are retiring and maybe some ways that you need to look at retirement, maybe look at it a little differently. So this morning we've got Mitch Anthony. Good morning, Mitch. Hey, good morning, Mike. Good to talk to you again. Nice talking to you, sir. Um, where did where did this uh, concept of retirement come from? I was looking last night at the history of retirement. It looks like it looks like uh, Otto von Bismarck came up with retirement years ago. Uh, it's a it's a political reason, but where did the whole concept of retirement really come from? Yeah, really, uh, retirement is is sort of an artificial social construct. It's not it's not really natural or organic to the history of mankind. It was invented by Otto von Bismarck. The, the, the sort of retirement we know the is really an industrial age invention. And the idea was, you know, in those days you were trading physical capital for a paycheck, meaning physical strength. And so by the time you got to be 60, uh, maybe you couldn't work as hard as a guy who was 20. So they move you out and move the 20-year-old in, and the machine just kept uh, rolling along. But uh, von Bismarck in 1880s, 1885 to 1889, in that period, mandated that once you reach the age of 70, you had to retire. He, by the way, was 76 when he made that law. Uh, it didn't apply to him. And then it was later lowered to 65 and then adopted here in the U.S. through Social Security as sort of a marker. And we've just kind of gone along with that thing for over 100 years without questioning it. But today we're kind of forced to question it. Yeah, I mean, do you think that traditional retirement really makes sense? I mean, frankly, uh, because of some of the uh, economic setbacks that so many people have have uh, incurred, I find that a lot of baby boomers who thought maybe 10 years ago uh, that they'd be sitting on a lake fishing and retired, uh, a lot of them have kind of readjusted their thinking. Uh, do you believe that uh, traditional retirement no longer really makes sense? Well, I, I believe I believe that it's an experiment that's run its course, Mike, and I think the experiment's over. And like you said, a lot of people are sort of being forced to rethink retirement because economically they're not at a place where they could. But what I'm saying to them is, well, you know, hey, it, no matter what forces you to think about it, the important thing is that we think about it. And uh, one of the things we know, Mike, is that people who do retire to a life of total leisure aren't really happy with it. <laughs> so... You've got uh, yeah, 60% of the people who retire go back to work part-time within 12 months. So we got to ask the question, why? And it's not just economic reasons. It's not just to make more money. It's because they miss certain aspects of what they do. There's social aspects to work. There's creative aspects. There's the intellectual challenge aspect that I don't know if we have time to talk about that, but that's going to be a huge factor going forward because it's tied to the onset of dementia and Alzheimer's. But you lose all those aspects when you stop working and people are finding out, you know what, I want to stay sharp and I can't stay sharp doing nothing but sitting around and fishing. 
Well, no, I, I think a lot of people are concerned about dementia and Alzheimer's, to be honest with you. I mean, you're, you're, you actually see more news on it all the time. In fact, they've got a, 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 a big set of announcements here recently that they may have found a test to tell right. whether or not you can get Alzheimer's, which uh, I think I'd be scared to uh, even take the test. I mean, who would want to know that? Uh, but in your book, you, you mentioned that it's really even contrary to the human spirit uh, is that part of that? I mean, is, is the, yeah. Do you I mean, feel well, like let, we let, need to go ahead? Well, well okay. I'm, I'm going to just jump on what you just said. First of all, I just want to make one more comment about the Alzheimer's and dementia. The the Alzheimer's Dementia Institute Research Institute determined that the number one factor leading to the onset or progression of those two disease states is something called uh, removing intellectual challenge from your life. Well, the number one source of intellectual challenge in our life is work that we do. Right. So it's not, you know, it's a pretty doggone easy connection to make. If you have real-life problems you can solve in your work, does that mean you have to continue working 50 hours a week? No. But it does mean you need to continue to have challenges in your life. The brain is an organ. You, If you don't use it, you lose it. That's the bottom line. It's like any other muscle. It atrophies if you don't use it. And then in terms of the, so that's the human brain. Now let's talk about the human spirit. Um, you know, let me ask your listeners this question. How many of you want to feel relevant every day? How many of you want to wake up with a sense of purpose every day? Well, I'll bet you everybody says, yeah, that's me. I want to be relevant, and I want to wake up with a sense of purpose. Well, guess what retirement, it, our system of retirement does? It tells you that when you reach a certain age, you're no longer relevant, and you no longer have any purpose. So it's contrary to the human spirit. Yeah, it, yeah, you're absolutely right. So you you call your book the new retirement mentality. What is actually does that mean? What does retirement mentality mean? Well, the new retirement mentality is basically saying, look, the whole idea was constructed around different realities of a different age. We live in a new age. And, you know, I forgot to say this when I was talking about von Bismarck and the Industrial Age. What is it that you and I and most of your listeners are trading for a paycheck today? I'll tell you what they're trading. They're trading a, a number of forms of capital. It's not – most of them are not trading physical capital. Unless, unless you're working with a shovel or, or working the earth with your hands, that right. sort of thing, uh, most of your listeners are work, trading intellectual capital. What they know, what's between their ears, their gray matter. They're trading experiential capital, which is I've done this a long time. I know how to do this. People come to me because they respect me. They know what I know what I'm doing. And the third thing they're trading is relational capital. That is, they've built relationships over time. Mo many, many businesses, you and I are in businesses where relationships really matter, right? So, so the question I ask, People about retirement today. This puts it all in perspective. Like, what's the expiration date on your intellectual capital? What's the expiration date on your experience? What's the expiration date on your relational capital? That's when you need to retire, when it no longer is germane, when it no longer works, when you no longer can work it. Yeah, so in fact, let me you make it. No, go ahead, Mitch. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah, you just make a really good. There, your book is full of a lot of, of uh, a lot of great sayings, a lot of great stories and anecdotes. You make one comment in your book that I really like. I underlined it last night. It says, "Don't think about retiring from something, but instead retiring to something." I thought that yeah, was that's a great exactly comment. Right. Well, you know, the mo that's one of the top reasons people fail in retirement is because they're retiring from something, 
and they don't have a vision of what they're going to do next. I have this little tool I created called the Ideal Week in Retirement, and it has Sunday, Sunday through or Monday through Sunday, seven days, broken into three blocks: morning, afternoon, and evening. Right. So there's right. 21 blocks of time, and and we'll say to the we'll say to the the, the person thinking of retiring, okay, what are you going to do with your 168 hours a week? You got 21 blocks of time there. What are you going to do with it? And they look at that piece of paper like, I don't know. Well, how do you think that's going to go? You're going to go on a 30-year voyage and not do a map quest? <laughs> you got to think about this. My 88-year-old mother has a busier social life than I do, so I think that uh, that's good. Mitch, we're coming up on a break. Can you stay with us here? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get more on the other side. We're speaking with Mitch Anthony, and you're listening to The Mike Robertson Show, where you get the wisdom of Wall Street each and every day. The following is a rebroadcast of Straight Talk About Money. The market data in this rebroadcast is not current and should not be used for any financial decisions. We're speaking today with Mitch Anthony. Mitch is author of The New Retirement Mentality, Planning Your Life and Living Your Dreams at Any Age You Want. It's on its fourth edition. I'm sure you can go to Amazon.com and it's out and it's by Wiley. I don't know, Mitch, can you go to WileyFinance.com and pick it up there too? Well, I'm sure you could, but I think Amazon's probably the easiest place to go get it. Yeah, Amazon or Barnes & Noble, what do you want to do? It's an excellent yeah. read, folks, if you're approaching retirement. I think even if you're in retirement, I think there's a lot in here for you. Uh, he's got, in fact, in, in one section, he's got the four pillars of, of uh, he's developed four pillars by identifying the most pre- prevalent characteristics of successful or failed retirements. And uh, I like that section, so you want to go in there and, and, and take a uh, take a look at this. I think it's a great read. Uh, and you know, we were Mike, the- Mike, if any, I'm sorry, I was just going to jump in and say, if any of your listeners are concerned about somebody who's just gone into retirement or is headed into retirement and they're worried about them, that's a good reason to come the book. We've seen a lot of lives change where people just said, you know what, I'm a little concerned about this person in my life, and they went and got them the book, and it changed the way they thought, and they figured it out. Yeah, I was I was reading the book last night, and I really thought that even if I was already in retirement, you make such good points, and there's so many stimulating chapters that I thought yeah, uh, I thought that I would pick up a couple of copies for some people that I know that are that are already in. They've been in it for a year or two. Uh, some of the most successful people I know, really, Mitch, are kind of following what you uh, espouse in the book. One of the things you talk about is the virtue of work. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, here's how I define work, Mike. It's it's an engagement that brings value to others and meaning to me. So so think about what you do. There's It's somehow, it's bringing value to other people, and it brings meaning to you to be engaged in it. And, and notice I didn't say anything about money. So it could be volunteer work that does the same thing, that brings value to others and meaning to you. So my question to, to your listeners would be, at what age do you no longer want to bring value to others and meaning to yourself? Because that's really what work does. And right. so, you know, and I'm not talking about slaving your life away here. See, the people that bristle at what I say are, are the people that hate what they do. Right? They're sick and tired of their job. And I understand when people get burnt out or they don't like what they do. But then my question to them is, you know, who told you this was a dress rehearsal? Why, why would you do something for 40 years you hate? We don't get a second shot at this deal. No. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, in fact, my father, who's 94 years old, 
uh, one of the things that he does, because it's interesting you say that, when do you want to stop giving back to others? Uh, he's part of an honor guard that goes to the funerals of World War II veterans, which he is too. And he's 94. I mean, it's just it's, wow. it's amazing. But it, it, helps keep it, go- it helps keep him going. Now, you also mentioned well, something else in the book. It really does, yeah. I mean, he 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 uh he doesn't look forward to going, you know. He doesn't look forward to the passing of another soldier, but it does give him something, and it, and it and keeps him connected. Uh, you mentioned also the difference between vocation versus vacation. Is that it? Well, it's the balance. There's a balance between vocation and vacation. You know, we've been sold this bill of goods in America that you're supposed to work your fingers to bone and save up enough money so that you can go on a thirty-year vacation, right? I call it a binging lifestyle. All work, no play, then all play, no work. Neither one of them works. You know, if you're all work and no play, you have no balance. But if you're all play and no work, you still have no balance. And here's what people don't realize about a life of leisure. This is the way a a male male clinic gerontologist put it to me. He said, a life of total ease is two steps removed from a life of total disease. Because when you have nothing to do but play all day, he said the first thing that happens to people is they get bored, and the second thing that happens to them is they become pessimistic, and after that it's a downward spiral. So we've been sold this bill of goods. What we really need is a balance between vacation and vocation, right? If you keep it in balance, you don't get burned out either way. And another fact about leisure that nobody ever gets told but they find out soon enough is that leisure draws its meaning from work. In other words, the reason going out and playing golf or fishing is fun is because you're not working, right? Right. it's a relief from not working, but when you no longer have work, guess what? Now your golf becomes work, <laughs> and it's not as fun anymore. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because uh, you think of, of, well, they make headlines all the time, yeah, the wealthy, some wealthy people that don't have to work. Right. And how bored there are and how they do stupid things and yeah. and get themselves in trouble. And uh, you're right. I mean, I think work is a necessary part of the human construct uh yes what you you talk about re- return on life rol uh yeah. we are, we're used to getting return on investment in this show but you talk about yeah. return on life how does that differ from uh return well on investment? It's, it's as simple as this is your life about making a pile of money or is your money about making a life i i know i just know so many people who just they just grinding themselves to the bone it's all about making a pile of money. They got to get to a certain number, and they're literally just wearing their life away. And I'm saying, why don't you stand back from that for a, for a minute? And here's how I define return on life: it's getting the best life I can with the money I have. So it's having the right goals for why we're making money. You know, saving for a retirement in a rocking chair doesn't resonate with people, but I'll tell you what does: saving for your own emancipation, saving for the day when you can make your own decisions about your time and do what you want with your life. I I personally, my motivating factor is I call it my autonomy fund. I save a lot of money because I want to stay in a place where I can make my own decisions about my life. Right? you got to find a compelling reason to save money. And and so the whole return on life idea is our lives are not designed just to build a pile of money and then collapse at the end of the trail. Our lives are should be designed to take that money and build the sort of life we can live with, and that may mean that we've got to uh, we've got to watch how much we spend and be careful about our purchases, because if you spend too much, guess what? You're no longer in control of your life. 
So return on life is saying let's put life at the center instead of a dollar sign. You know, I, I, I wish I'd run into you earlier, you know. i tell you another thing, because i tell you another thing. You know, as you make more money, you collect more stuff. And when you get more stuff, yeah. it just complicates your life. I mean, yeah, it really just, it just, yeah. Well, I, I talk to people, well, I want to I own a vacation home. Well, I own a vacation home. Guess what? The taxes keep going up. The insurance keeps going up. The maintenance keeps going up. It's just a headache. It's like, wait a minute. Why don't I just go to vacation rental by owner, pay a 1000 bucks for the week, and I don't have to worry about anything, right? It's like we're, we're sold all these bills of good about owning stuff, right? And it just and, – and here's another thing. In, in this effort to build a pile of money, I meet so many professionals, say, in their 40s, and they're exhausted, Right. And they don't even like what they do. And you, you want to know what question I ask them? I say, have you ever sat down and calculated how much your paycheck is costing you? We all know what it pays us. But have you ever calculated what it's costing you? Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never have. Uh, I will yeah. after this <laughs> session, though. Uh, I love that when people always go, how is your day at work? And I always look at them and I go, there is a reason they call it work and not play. <laughs> so. Well, all right. We've got, we've got about a minute to go. Is there one last piece of, uh, of advice you'd leave the folks? Yes. Invest your life well. The greatest investment in life is what you do with your heart, your mind, your hands, your soul. Right? Invest it well. Don't give it away. Don't give it away for, for nothing. And what I, what I would tell you, folks, is I'd like to see you go get the book. It's by Vince Anthony. It's called The New Retirement Mentality. It's in the fourth edition. I highly recommend it. It's a great read. Mitch, thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing today. We appreciate it a lot. Thank you very much. All right. Folks, thank you for listening. I hope you have a great day. I hope God blesses you and your family today. And just, just have a wonderful day. Enjoy your life. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You have been listening to a rebroadcast of Straight Talk About Money. The market data in this rebroadcast is not current and should not be used for any financial decisions.